The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. This is a Nelson News Bulletin. Funeral worker burgled home of dead man for sex doll. Hello, I'm Mr. Nelson. A funeral home worker responsible for transporting dead bodies in a Nebraska county is suspected of having an intimate encounter with a life-sized sex doll he found in the apartment of a deceased person. Investigators say Ryan Smith, 41, and a colleague were dispatched to a home at the Rock Creek Apartments in Omaha to collect the body of an individual who died there. Near the body, on the bed, was a very real, life-size sex doll. Police allege that Smith subsequently called the property manager and claimed that the local sheriff had asked him to remove the sex doll to collect swabs for biopsy. Smith's strange request was denied by the manager, who later returned to the apartment to discover that Smith was inside the unit, which had been locked with a deadbolt and chain. After Smith exited the home with his shirt untucked, and his pants in disarray. The property manager called cops, who later busted Smith on a felony burglary charge. A post-arrest examination revealed the sex doll to be sticky, and it appeared that something had rubbed her inner thighs. A deputy collected the sex doll so that they could have her processed for DNA. Smith was fired from his job with Mid-America First Call, which, according to its website, specializes in removals, transportation, embalming, cremations, and shipouts. So, I guess the sheriff's department had to swab the sex doll after all, huh? <laughs> but what was it doing lying next to the deceased? Doesn't it mean that the sex doll is somehow responsible for the deceased's death? Did he have a heart attack during intercourse with the thing? And shouldn't the sex doll be charged with murder? Or at least manslaughter. But I suspect there won't be any further investigation, as I'm sure all parties involved just want to wash their hands of it. This has been a Nelson News Bulletin. listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Bayou Crime Report. 
nurse survives plastic fork attack by Louisiana hospital patient. Hey, I'm Red Neckerton. So anyway, this nurse survived this attempted uh, fork stabbing by an extremely combative and aggressive patient. Officers were dispatched to Glenwood Regional Health Center's Behavioral Unit in reference to a disturbance. Upon arrival at the West Monroe facility, hospital staff told cops that Madison Bingham, 19, had been extremely combative and aggressive towards staff and made numerous threats. The patient was arrested after a female nurse said Bingham attempted to stab her with a plastic fork. The nurse was able to dodge the alleged fork stabbing attempt. Monroe, who lives in Vicksburg, Mississippi, was arrested for a simple assault, a misdemeanor, and booked into the local parish jail where she is locked up in lieu of $500 bond. The probable cause affidavit does not reveal why Bingham was in the hospital or whether the fork was seized as evidence. Well, I think she was put in this behavioral unit because her behavior is batshit crazy so uh, that's probably explains that and uh, got a misdemeanor charge because well the fork was plastic had it been metal well this been a different story i'm sure but anyway that's how that goes crazy is does crazy shit you know or something like that i forget how that goes anyway the value crime report i am Red Neckerton reminding you to keep your goddamn holes clean. The Bayou Crime Report is a presentation of Nelson Productions. Miss, Miss Nage, uh, you, you startled me a bit. Hildebridge, Hildebridge. Oh, um, uh... Sam, go ahead. Sarah, listen, uh, we've got another swarm on our hands. Another swarm? But, but how? Well, I'll explain it when I get up there, but in the meantime, uh, they're contained for the moment, but of course they're going to eat their way out of there, so uh, we're going to need the ship to turn back into the storm in the hopes that it'll clean them off like it did the last one. Back into the star, buddy. No. Absolutely not. through the door. It won't be long now. Oh, jeez. So, uh, what's the plan, Sam? Well, we're gonna gather up our makeshift torches, and when they burst through, we're gonna shoo them out of here and outside in the hopes that when we reach the storm, it'll take care of them. In the hopes that it'll take care of them. Yeah, you know what they say about hope? 
It's not a strategy. Well, okay, Edgar. What's your plan? Hey, look, I... I'm just saying, you know, it's gotta be said and considered. I just, I, I, look, I'm under stress, so, when I'm under stress, yeah, I bitch about things, all right? Damn, you must be under stress 24-7, because bitching's all you ever do. I, just shut up, god damn it. Yeah, well, listen up, uh, with your arms taped up and your jackets on, you got some amount of protection. But you just gotta remember to keep those bugs as distant from you as possible. Because if they manage to bite you, you're gonna end up impregnated with their maggots like Baluna. Holy oh, shit, shit. Now, this just gets better all the time. Plus, uh, I can't go with you, Sam. What? Why not? I, I gotta stay behind with Mac here. He, he's burning up with a fever, and, uh, well, I'm doing what I can, but I, I don't think it's gonna be long before he's sprouting maggots, too. Oh man, what the hell? Even if we're successful getting rid of this batch of bugs, we gotta do it all over again. Ah, shit. Well, it, wait a minute, wait a minute. I mean... He and Baluna were attacked by the bugs at relatively the same time. I mean, why hasn't he, you know, sprouted maggots at the same time she did? <laughs> I don't know, Sam. I, this is all new territory. I've never treated somebody with uh, bug bites from giant dinosaur bugs, you know? So I, I think it's best to err on the side of caution and uh, anticipate we're gonna have yet another litter or swarm of bugs. Oh shit, they're coming through, they're coming through. Oh no, oh no, hey, we gotta light this shit up. Oh man, oh shit, oh jeez. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to Mac and shut the door behind you. We'll block him from getting to you. Edgar, go open the outside door. I'll give them their only means of escape from our flames. It, uh, yeah, yeah, right, right. All right, Cream, we're not gonna wait. Open the door and let them in. All right. Uh, get ready, cause here goes. Holy shit, they're bigger than I remember. Oh, oh, hit them in their face, shit. get right in their face. Oh, hit them with it, hit them. Don't let them hit above you. Edgar, don't let them get up there. Push, push, come on, let's go, we got him. we got him routed. Come on, let's push them out. What the hell are you talking about, Bagsley? You heard Sam, we've got to turn the ship back into the storm. No, Miss Nate, if, if, if we change position, we could lose the signal. Signal? What are you talking about? What signal? Well, I, well, I was monitoring the communications, and all of a sudden, there was a transmission. And uh, if we could locate them, th th that could lead us to rescue. Oh my god. Uh, really? Uh... Yes, yes. So, uh, until we can pinpoint the location or get a signal to them, I I, I recommend we, we stay put. What? What? No, Bagsley. I mean, we don't have any choice here. If we don't turn the ship around back into the storm, there won't be any of us left to be rescued at all. You have been listening to The Cruise. 
written, performed, and produced by me, Douglas Nelson. Any and all music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod and other public domain and copyright-free sources. This is a Nelson News Bulletin. Man sought sex from a hooker for himself and his horse. Hello, I'm Mr. Nelson. A Washington man sought to hire a prostitute for himself and his miniature horse. Jad Shipman, 48, was arrested following a vice probe involving TNA Board, an online site advertising sex and escort services. Chipman resides in Longview, a city 40 miles north of Vancouver. As alleged in a probable cause affidavit, Chipman, using the screen named The Malamute, offered to pay $440 to a forum user named Diane to have actual contact with him and his miniature horse. Diane provided police with copies of explicit messages sent to her by Shipman, who allegedly wrote that he wanted to watch a gal eat out the horse that he had while sitting on his male member. While trying to entice a potential paid companion, Shipman acknowledged the difficulty in arranging such a threesome. Last two gals I asked said it was noticeably outside their comfort zone, he wrote. When confronted by police, Shipman reportedly admitted to being TNA board user the Malamute and soliciting Diane to eat out or lick one of his miniature horse's private parts. He selected Diane, Shipman told cops, because she posted in the board's fetish section and he hoped that she would be more agreeable to having actual contact with him and his miniature horse. During questioning, Shipman admitted to having prior sexual contact with animals. An investigator reported spotting two miniature horses in the pasture of the rural 7.62-acre property Shipman and his wife purchased for $365,000 in July 2019. A judge released Shipman on $1,000 bail and ordered him to have no contact with animals. While the prosecuting attorney has declined to file felony charges against Shipman in Superior Court, his case has been referred to the Lower District Court for lesser charges. Oh, well, he probably thinks, hey, this is a classic example of good help is hard to find because all the prostitutes he approached said nay. This has been a Nelson News Bulletin. Did a grieving mother inadvertently invite an evil presence into her home in a desperate attempt to reunite with her deceased child? Perhaps, but maybe not. The Mabel family lived in a quiet suburb of Salina, Texas, about an hour north of Dallas. Olivia Mabel, her husband Travis and their son Aiden were a perfect nuclear family until 1990. On March 13th, little Aiden was found dead 
in a pond, a victim of an accidental drowning. He was just seven years old. Olivia was overcome with grief and retreated from work, her social life, even her marriage. A year later, Olivia and Travis divorced. Later, on February 27th, 1994, police received a silent 911 call originating from the Mabel house. Arriving at the house, they broke down the door and entered what they initially thought was an abandoned house. The house was a mess, and the air was thick with dust. Searching the house, they found Aiden's bedroom immaculately kept. Olivia was in the room, wearing a nightgown and slippers, clutching a crude stick-figured doll sitting in a rocking chair. She appeared to have been dead for quite some time. Months, at least. In front of her was a crude altar made up of a trunk covered with a child's bedsheet. On the altar were photos of Aiden drawings, letters written by Olivia to Aiden, several of Aiden's toys, candles, flowers, and an urn full of ashes, presumably Aiden's. There was also a note written in a foreign language, which turned out to be Sanskrit. In English, it translated to construct or to build. That alone would have been tragic, but then things got weird. Investigators found a note dated February 27, 1994, the same day the 911 call came in, but months after Olivia died, written in Olivia's handwriting. It read, My Aiden, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I should have never let it get like this. I'm leaving. I will not let you keep me, you vile, evil creature. Mommy's coming for you, Aiden. My sweet Aiden, Mommy loves you. The official statement was that Olivia post-dated her letter, but several of the officers felt a presence in the house, and they sought explanations from paranormal experts. Francesca Santiago, whose uncle was into really dark occult stuff, was one of the first cops on the scene. To her, the altar suggested that Olivia had manifested a tulpa, or thought form. A tulpa is a concept in Buddhism where an object or being is created through spiritual or mental discipline alone. Is it possible that Olivia created a tulpa, perhaps in Aiden's image, to keep her company? And did that tulpa turn evil and kill Olivia? In 2005, current owner Christopher Hagen, unable to sell the property, brought in Austin paranormal investigator Drew Navarro, who said of the investigation, In the hundreds of locations I've studied, I've never felt such an imposing force. I couldn't breathe. My, my heart was constantly racing. Its energy kept changing, but none of it felt inviting. Whatever is in there, it's extremely possessive and behaves so erratically like a jealous child throwing a tantrum. As far as I'm concerned, that house and that entire property should be avoided. It needs a serious intervention because I'm not sure what we're dealing with. 
So, was this a sad, tragic case of a grieving woman driven to madness and ultimately her own demise due to the death of her child? Or did her grief open the door to an evil force that resides in that home to this day? Perhaps, but maybe not. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Want to watch a scary movie with me? Well, now you can by simply heading over to Nelson Theater at app.gumroad.com slash Nelson. Oh, yes, it's just that simple. Where you can be treated to my poor man mystery science theater treatment of old public domain movies of the sci-fi and horror genre. And speaking of horror, I did this, this treatment to a horror classic. Yes, Night of the Living Dead, which is, yes, one of the all-time great horror classics, but for some dumb reason, they just didn't complete the normal requirements for copyright status and sold the movies in the public domain, which leaves it open to assholes like me that can make fun of it, even though it's really good, but I shouldn't do it, but I just can't help myself. No, no. So with Night of the Living Dead, you've got some people who spend the night in some old farmhouse when suddenly some undead cannibals show up to crash the party. That's <laughs> putting it pretty short and simple, but nevertheless, yeah, that's the plot. So enjoy the film with me for only a, a mere little fee of 99 cents all oh, dirt cheap yes but warning due to an extreme lack of talent bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film along with my witchy commentary cartoon sound effects and inappropriate laugh track <laughs> oh what are you waiting for head over to Nelson theater at App. That's A-P-P dot Gumroad. That's G-U-M-R-O-A-D dot com slash Nelson. N-A-I-L-S-I-N. Yes, it's just that simple. You head over there and for less than a dollar, you can watch a classic horror film with me and my silliness all throughout the film. This is a Nelson News Bulletin. Manslaughter case dropped in bondage death. Hello, I'm Mr. Nelson. Prosecutors concluded that a manslaughter case was not suitable to be pursued against the defendant charged with beating to death another man during a drug-fueled bondage session in a garage apartment littered with sex toys and in which the victim was found bound and gagged, wearing a black leather mask and other fetish garb. While the arrest of Bryant DeMello, 35, was announced earlier this year by Florida investigators, a subsequent decision to abandon the case was not the subject of a similar press release and received no media notice. The one-page no-information notice to the court came from an assistant state attorney who noted that the declination is taken to clear the records and to release subjects bond. Prosecutors offered no further details as to their decision to drop the felony count. 
A request for documents in the case was just completed by court officials who took several months to post online a redacted copy of the graphic arrest affidavit charging DeMello with the September 2022 killing of Todd Reed, a 43-year-old management consultant. Defending his pummeling of Reed, DeMello was adamant that he acted in self-defense, claiming that he was fearful of being severely injured when Reed clamped down on his penis and would not relax his jaw. Stop biting! Open your fucking mouth! DeMello said he demanded of Reed. DeMello told cops he could not identify the trigger that caused Todd to bite his penis, though he speculated that this could have been influenced or caused by the methamphetamine Todd had consumed rectally just prior to the fellatio on the ottoman. Asked if Reed made any unusual noises prior to the incident, DeMello replied that Reed was making appropriate noises for my dick being in his mouth. The court affidavit describes DeMello as a veteran who retired from the military with PTSD. Despite that diagnosis, DeMello said he feels he has a healthy mindset. Reed, a Canadian who split his time in Florida, was found dead atop a garage bag-covered ottoman inside a residence in Kissimmee, a city 20 miles south of Orlando. The masked Reed was in a bondage harness, leather collar, and wrist restraints. Blood had dipped onto the carpet below, and a large black dildo was resting nearby. A search of Reed's iPhone revealed text messages in which DeMello agreed to sexual favors in return for money. The phone, which had been positioned to record the pair's actual encounter contained videos and images showing Reed with a bone-shaped gag in his mouth while DeMello wore a dog mask, a silver chain with a bone pendant, and a purple and yellow cock ring. The phone also included a text message from DeMello to Reed that was sent a few hours after DeMello left the victim, bloodied and unconscious, in the apartment. Yo, I'm so sorry, man. You almost bit my cock off, and I couldn't get you off me, DeMello wrote. I got scared and had to get you off somehow. Let me know how you're all right, Pat, please. You were sleeping when I left. DeMello told police he met Reed through the internet on a site for sexual deviance and arrived at the victim's apartment with methamphetamine, some of which he later injected into Reed. The duo's four-hour sexcapade, DeMello said, was sweet, adding that they attempted to live-stream the encounter, but encountered difficulties. Before departing the apartment, DeMello, who knew Reed was unconscious, said he collected his various sex toys from the living room and bedroom, but may have accidentally taken some sex toys and props belonging to Todd. DeMello left without rendering aid to Reed or summoning medical assistance, investigators noted. Todd ultimately passed away as a result of his encounter with Brian. A coroner's report concluded that Reed's cause of death was strangulation with blunt force trauma to the head listed as a significant condition contributing to his demise. DeMello, 
who lives in Orlando, was nabbed while at a shopping mall. A post-arrest frisk reportedly turned up a Ziploc baggie containing meth, which resulted in the filing of a felony drug charge separate from the manslaughter count. While the manslaughter prosecution has been dropped, <laughs> the narcotics possession case to which DeMillo has pleaded not guilty remains active. During a late August court hearing, a judge ordered DeMello to obtain new counsel since the jurist had granted his prior lawyer's motion to withdraw due to irreconcilable differences between himself and DeMello. He's currently free on $3,000 bond. Well, this is bizarre to say the least. <laughs> Not the least of which is the charges were dropped. Uh, unless they're saying, oh, gee, it was all accidental, which you could still bring some manslaughter charges on that. But I, I, I mean, unless they're concluding that uh, the victim wanted to be choked, but the blunt force hitting, uh, I guess, is in response to the biting of the penis. So, uh, yeah. So, with all said and done, I, I guess the victim bit off more than he could chew. This has been a Nelson News Bulletin.